0: Coming up this week, off screen. We set about finding Dory. Spend some time with the carer we Reunite with Jason Bourne.
1: Learn the J.T. Leroy story and
0: author. Spend sixty-six days with Bobby Sands. Get up for love. And prepare for another Sharknado as the fourth awakens.
1: All those to come and more, off screen. This is this is off screen. Off screen.
0: latest film news and
1: reviews. This is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. Welcome to Offscreen, I'm Van Conner.
0: I am Case Allen.
1: So, welcome back, Case. We've had a week off. Yeah, it so, The, it's been, the it's films been have racked up. I mean, it it's, it's been great having some time off, but those films, they, they do mount up.
0: Video as, so, as is their once. as is their once. Yeah.
1: So, remember, if you ever look back on, on release years gone by, you look back yeah. at like 1991, there's only like 12 films released in the
0: year, and now there's like 12 a week. Now there's but 12 we have a to week, try and exactly. through.
1: so before we crack on, them, we're gonna do the box office top 10 because obviously there's yeah. gonna be a few films in the top 10 uh this week that we are gonna actually do reviews
0: of, yeah. Because it's, it's a, it's just pretty, it's a it's pretty, pretty good, really good week. one, yeah, so like yeah. This, yeah,
1: but before we do that, we should talk about the big film news which came out while we were off, which involved everyone's favorite Oscar winner, Miss Meryl Streep. Yeah. And uh, she has a, a delightful new gig, doesn't she?
0: Yes. And... Uh Sherry Bobbins. Sherry Poppins, yeah. yes. <laughs> doesn't she have a
1: name? Isn't the name Poppy or something?
0: She, she's 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 Poppy in what is going to be the sequel to uh, Mary Poppins. So
1: Mary Poppins Returns, yeah. which is going to be directed by Rob Marshall, who brought us into the woods. Uh he's gonna star Emily Blunt as Mary Poppins and lin Manuel Miranda. Yes, Everyone. Oh Everyone's favorite is he actually Alexander Hamilton in Hamilton? Is that how it works? He is, yeah, he is. Okay, that's his name. Um, so you know Alexander Hamilton himself, Lin Manuel Miranda, will be a lantern lighter, won't he?
0: Lantern yeah. lighter is that the term? So he's essentially being the Dick Van Dyke. Exactly. Yeah. Do you know the he's, plot? He's do you know the plot of the new one? Hmm? Do you know the plot of the new one? It's um uh... something to do with her sister and also the kids from the first film. They are now grown up and yep. the but boy, what was he called? Was it Jack?
1: I think so. But they're, they're, the kids have grown up in yeah. Depression-era London now. Yes. They're now in Depression-era London. They're reunited. He's got issues with his own family. Yeah, he's, he's got three kids. And Mary it? Poppins returns to, hence the title. Yeah, and no, yeah. Meryl Streep entered has entered negotiations to play Mary Poppins' cousin.
0: Oh, cousin, not sister. I think it's
1: cousin, Poppy so poppy poppins poppy poppins that's adorable that really is yeah. isn't it so sherry bobbins lives <laughs> god save the queen <laughs> 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 so what else we miss while we wait! oh should, pokemon goes still a thing
0: there's gonna be a uh, pikachu detective pikachu
1: movie. yeah you got those to come and that's uh, a thing
0: oh all of the 80s remakes
1: Yes, there are all of those. Let's That's let's get to those news. overdue course. Overdue course. Overdue course. For, now, for now though, let's uh, let's start with the the box office top 10 for the week because uh, this is going to be some some interesting ones I feel.
0: Number 10.
1: Dishoom. Which is not one of the interesting ones of which I speak. I have not yeah. seen Dishoom. Uh, it's surprising how great rarely... We, it's, it's a great name. Yeah. But it's surprising how rarely we get invited to a Bollywood screening. In fact, I celebrated the, the only time we oh, did, which fan. was fan. Which, which was, was awesome. Which really was really awesome. Made me a big fan of uh, SRK, but uh,
0: yeah.
1: Number nine.
0: Absolutely fabulous of a movie.
1: Which is not absolutely fabulous. It's absolutely alright. Yeah. It's absolutely just faintly around the average mark i laughed a couple times but those were when the central two characters aren't on screen so the other characters get all the best all the supporting characters get all the best lines Hmm. which is kind of weird really number eight ice
0: age 12
1: (laughs) ice age 12 (laughs) 12 it it might be it might be and you wouldn't know yeah i've it might be, and you and you wouldn't know, because there's, they're just... It, I, this was it. When the film was out, everyone was kind of confused. Is this the fourth or the fifth? And you're like, no, no, this one's the fifth, the fourth was I the... I think Mark Kamode said the third. It would not surprise movies. me. It's it's fine for what it is. The humour's a little bit bizarrely adult-skewing at times. I don't know why there are Tinder jokes in this kids'
0: movie, because... To keep the adults awake. But these are the adults who already have kids. Why are they on Tinder? Never mind. Because it's 21st century, and partners don't last forever, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You said that with just a twang of bitterness I know <laughs> You're, Aren't you getting married Should, next week? Child of divorce, man <laughs> You're getting married next week, man Number seven <laughs> The legend end of
1: Tarzan. <laughs> the leg end of Tarzan, which I like more than most, and it's funny. It's a conversation that Chris Honey and I are uh, having um, that he really thinks it's dreadful and boring, and I think actually it's kind of good and a bit like Mas Zorro and that kind of thing. I like a good romping it's like adventure a romp, yeah. movie. Yeah, it's a good romp. and uh, well, I mean, apparently it's not the it's not the least feminist role that uh, that Margot Robbie's going to have this year. So. Uh, we can, uh, we can look forward to that. But I liked Alexander Skarsgård as uh, as Tarzan, though. I thought Christoph Waltz made for a genuinely fun and menacing villain. And I like the buddy comedy element with uh, Samuel L. Jackson. I like that, too.
0: Number six. Who are you going to call Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> Just so underwhelmed by it, aren't you? <laughs> Who are you going to call? <laughs> Someone else?
1: I don't know. I see. This is the thing. I've I've known people. In, it was in, fine in the in in the last couple of summer weeks now. Uh, obviously, a lot of people have had time off, be with their families, etc. And it's surprising how many people I know have seen it. Like you know, third or fourth week out, mm. and goes, "Actually, it's really good. I was really impressed." By it. And like, "Okay, you know what? Maybe it does have more of an everyman quality to it." Than... But were
0: their expectations like rock bottom? Quite
1: possibly. Yeah. I mean, I my know.
0: expectations they weren't all the way up here they weren't skyrocketing but um Yeah, I think I was expecting funnier and it it was just, it was fine. It was okay. It was a 2.5 for me. It was a 2.5. Out out of five, not 5. Two
1: and a half stars. Two and a half, yeah. Okay, that's fair. My my expectations were I think average going in. I thought, you know, I'll laugh a bit and that's all I want. Um, I wasn't expecting a Grand Mythology Ghostbusters movie or anything, but uh, and and we didn't get that, to be fair. It is what it is, which according to to the roadies I I watched um, is something that uh, is never said before anything good. And <laughs> take that as you will with Ghostbusters um there are elements to it that I liked elements I, I, I didn't quite like what I didn't like was it was like Robocop in that it had to keep making references to an original film that it apparently wanted nothing to do with and you hmm. why because hmm. the only people that are going to find that interesting are the people yeah. who aren't going to be here for this yeah.
0: embrace it or don't really. yes
1: either yeah. either embrace your own destiny embrace your own legacy or don't don't make a ghostbusters referencing ghostbusters movie that's not meant for ghostbusters fans don't do that because then you're then you're amusing nobody you're 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 appealing to nobody and you're only irritating everybody and the that, cameos were so forced oh god they were they were bad they were, bad. They, mean,
0: they were my least favorite Aspect of they
1: really but The Dan Aykwood one was painful. It was. That, that really was. Yeah. Although, you know, I'd expect nothing less of Dan Aykroyd in 2016. I really wouldn't. But uh, So, uh, should we have a little bit of fun news before we, uh, before we go to the jump? Oh, yeah. Why not? There's, al- there's always fun to be had. Let's talk about it. We've been about...
0: away for two weeks, so it's been, it's been a bit of a backlog. It's true.
1: We had uh, one gender inversion with Ghostbusters, and we've got the other yes. gender inversion to discuss.
0: Oh, yeah. Yes. This, and this came out of nowhere. It did.
1: So, we're getting a remake yep. of Splash. Yeah, which is that's fair enough. I've always yeah. figured it would come sooner or later. This
0: was hinted about a month or two ago. Brian really? Yeah, Brian Grace was talking about. It. And he says there was a twist, but I can't tell. Like, I can't tell you. He says there's going to be a movie star attached, which yeah. there is now. And he says, I know
1: Gillian Bell's attached.
0: Gillian Bell, yes. Yeah. So Gillian Bell is essentially going to be Tom Hanks, who okay. is going to be uh, the dawa. Well, well, she's character. the
1: movie star. Who's the other one? who's the who's the non movie star Gillian Bell's a movie um, star man some
0: guy called uh Channing something Chantate Chantate, Chan-tate. <laughs> I call him Channing Yum.
1: Channing yum <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah Chantate is going to be so Chan-tate is going to be the mermaid this time Yeah
0: the the It is Dalhanna, isn't it? It is
1: Dalhanna, yeah. yeah so the idea was it fun because I, cool. I, I, I like have not seen Splash since I was a kid so the idea <laughs> was that Tom Hanks when he was a little boy was rescued by a mermaid when he was drowning and he grows up having fallen in love with a uh doesn't yeah. know that she's a mermaid, in the yeah. cross paths again. Yeah. So now we're going to have that again, only it's going to be a little girl that nearly drowns and gets rescued by Channing oh, oh,
0: Merman. Oh, man. Merman, Merman. <laughs> merman.
1: <laughs> and grows up to fall in love with Channing Tatum, which basically makes her like every other woman in the world, really, that she just is going to you know grow up falling yeah. in love with Channing Tatum. So.
0: Anybody in the world would fancy Channing Tatum, even if he doesn't have legs, even if he's got a tail where his legs should be.
1: Okay, fair enough. That's I'm 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 just wondering. It's my statement of a week, <laughs> it really is. I'm now just trying to picture Channing Tatum as a mermaid, and
0: well, you won't have to wait for much longer. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So yeah. yeah, so Brian Grazer is uh, still going to be producing it. He's Ron producing, Howard yeah. is producing it as well. I noticed that doesn't surprise me. No, and imagine which is Brian Grazer and Ron Howard's company are going to make this in collaboration with Disney of all people. So yeah, that's pretty cool. That's, that's an interesting one. Yeah. So oh, we should plug the podcast real quick. Uh, plug away. Obviously, we are not going to fit everything into this show because we've got two weeks worth of films to catch up on. Uh, we're not doing Suicide Squad though uh, because uh, we weren't invited to the press show. It was rammed apparently. I'm, I'm not going to touch on how many people were at it or the bad reviews that came out of it but uh yeah so we're not doing suicide squad but um we are doing a load of other films and we have to fit them all into the podcast extra section along with this week's moment of cage and most importantly of all our review of sharknado the fourth awakens and we all know that's the only reason anyone's listening to this so if you want to listen to the podcast uh go to onscreenfilm.com go on itunes uh go on stitcher is that still a thing
0: stitcher Stitcher is still a thing
1: deezer is a thing Uh, uh, tune-in radio that's yeah. a thing a
0: cast A-cast? A-cast,
1: we're on Acast. just just pull out your podcast app type in off screen and and we're on there and you get the full extended version where there's the end credits and then about 20 minutes more with the latest film news and reviews this is off screen the on-screen radio show And we're back. So, uh, well, it's it's time to drop your socks and grab your crocs there, Case. It's about to get wet. So, Finding Dory is here
0: us you... some more splash news.
1: For a second. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there is a somewhat with the sharks as well. There's a very aquatic theme. It is, to this yeah. week. <laughs> so, uh, so finding Dory, which I think we've all been on the edge of our seats waiting for for the last year or so, yeah. and because finding Dory is ba- finding Nemo is basically one of the most beloved films ever. Mm. And Certainly
0: one of the most beloved Pixar's and Disney's. Yeah, not,
1: I think I think it's in everyone's top three. Pixar's would be debatable to say. It's, in, it's in mine.
0: It's most people top five. It's everyone's top five. Yeah. Pixar's easy. That, yeah, that works. That, Cars two. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that Cars two, Ratatouille, Good oh, Dinosaur.
0: Great. I don't like us. Um, this is yeah. we'll, we'll pick this up we'll, later. We'll pick Podcast this up extras. later
1: when I'll tell yeah. you why you're wrong. Um, <laughs> was <laughs> objective. You are wrong. American Dad did a better version of Ratatouille using Metallica. I'm just going to yeah. say that anyway. <laughs> using Water Water Polo and and yeah. Anyway, so let's talk about Finding Dory, which takes place one year after the events of Finding Nemo, during which uh, Dory has joined uh, to, to form a sort of blended family with Marlon and uh, and Nemo. Have you seen the film by the way? I've not seen, You've it, not yet. seen it yet. No. Okay, so it's year on. They're, they're sort of a blended family, but she's still got the memory issue. She's got short term memory problem as we as we all know from the first movie just keep swimming just keep swimming and one day during yet another embarrassing nemo's classroom related mishap she accidentally has a memory of her parents whom brilliantly are voiced by eugene levy and diane keaton which might be the greatest casting ever short of having alice and Janie. but uh (laughs) Alice and Jane should be everyone's mum. That's just the yeah. rule. Well, of she, she
0: she is in this film, isn't she?
1: She is yeah. in this film. She's in first. As is Sigourney Weaver, but not voicing not voicing anyone other than Sigourney Weaver. So yeah i'm gonna leave you with that so dory sets off on on a mission to find her parents because she thinks she has a vague idea where they are so she sets off and she drags uh marlon nemo along with her but they get separated along the way so the idea is that whilst dory has to search for her family her new family have to search for dory and in turn her family so there you go here's a clip in which, bizarrely, both the father and grandfather from Modern Family are reunited on screen.
0: Wait, wait, no! I know where my parents are. They're in, um... What's it called? The place? Uh, Soap and Lotion? Open, open ocean. ocean. Open Ocean! <gasps> open Ocean? I know where that is! That's the exhibit located right next to... I don't care. Easy. <gasps>
1: if you're trying to get to the Open Ocean exhibit, just go through the pipes.
0: Through the pipes, great. Through the pipes? Yep. Take two lefts, swim straight, and you'll hit it. Oh, that's a lot of directions. That's... Did you get that, Hank? All, all that? Uh, yeah. Great. Let's go. I'm not going with you. I won't fit. You have to go by yourself. Um, uh, that's, that, I'm, I see, I can't because I'm, I'm not so good with directions. Well, that's too bad. A deal's a deal. You wanted to find your parents? That's how you get to them. Now give me your tank. But Hank, I, I can't go in the pipes alone. I'll forget where I'm going. Not my problem. Tag!
1: So the idea is then that, that uh, Ed O'Neill's uh, character, who's Hank, is an octopus. So He's a septopus because he's lost a leg somewhere along the way. And he's a master oh. of chameleonic disguise. And they use this Excellent. to brilliant visual effect. There are some fantastic octopus sequences, uh, septopus sequences in there. <laughs> uh, Ty Burrell, meanwhile, is a beluga who's hit his head at some point yes. and has lost his sonar ability.
0: What's his name? Bailey. Is it? His name Bailey. is
1: Bailey, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and so this all takes part in sort of an aquarium or sort of uh, uh, aquatic rehabilitation centre sort of thing. So what you've got here is Andrew, um, sorry, Andrew Stanton, uh, back in the director's chair for the first time since John Carter. So he's had a well-earned break. He's taken his lashes. He's back. <laughs> I don't think John Carter was that bad. I really I don't think it was that bad. I don't think it was that. It's bad.
0: just, I mean, it came after Star Wars, even though yeah. it it also inspired Star Wars. Exactly. Weird. Yeah. But what
1: he's done is he's come back with this sequel which on paper sounds like the laziest thing you've ever heard and yet yeah. in its execution it subverts every expectation you have of it to deliver something that for the most part is every bit as good as, as Finding Nemo. Mm. It doesn't quite tug the emotional heartstrings as much as Nemo did. I mean, Nemo can reduce me to absolute human wreckage. Dory manages to get about two thirds of the way there but doesn't quite follow through with it. It's got great casting, as you would expect. Uh, Ellen Generous is about as perfectly cast as she ever was. Um, uh, Albert Brooks as Marlon is still doing that very finely balanced, almost Woody Allen-esque protective father thing. Uh, He's got a wonderful story arc with Nemo this time around. But it is all about the screenplay, and there are some absolute belters in terms of the gags in there. The new characters are fantastic. There's a pair of sea lions, uh, Cockney sea lions. Yeah, I know by Idris Elba and Dominic, Dominic West, West, and they are fantastic. Um, Ty-, Ty Burrell and Ed O'Neill, though, are my favourites, and they just make me really excited about another season <laughs> of Aramon Family. But uh, that's the thing, I, I really enjoyed it. I loved the visual tapestry. It doesn't feel. You know, when you watch Toy Story 1 now, and then yeah. you watch Toy Story 2 and you watch Toy Story 3, it looks like the technology behind those films has advanced so much in between. Yeah. Each one, well,
0: even between the first and the second Toy Stories, yeah, yeah. the
1: animation the has the become so much more advanced. This really does remind you how well made Finding Nemo was because oh, yeah, there's to the day, next yeah. to no advancement in it. It looks exactly as wonderful which one? as is it
0: is. Is it the fourth, is it the fourth or the fifth?
1: Which Finding Nemo,
0: yeah, I'm not sure offhand. Finding Nemo's 2002 was Toy Story, Bugs Life, Toy Story 2, Monsters Inc., then I've um, so yeah, the fourth one, one, yeah. Oh, fifth Okay, it's after monsters.
1: Uh, okay, you are right. Uh, no, you are exactly right. Um, but no, it, it feels like there's been no advance. There is a beautiful short beforehand, by the way, called Piper. Um, that's using the new photorealistic thing that Pixar are, are yeah. trying out and based on Good Dinosaur actually, I can't wait them to see wait, for them to, wait to see them actually do something a full-length like film full feature, yeah. with this technology cause it looks wonderful um, but no I really really liked it there's some absolutely fantastic gags in it it's a film I can't wait to see again and uh, it, it's, oh, it's, it's a very, very worthy sequel to Finding Nemo. And I genuinely did not think for one second we would get that. I thought, this sounds incredibly lazy. It probably will be. This is going to be Cars 2 all over again. And lo and behold, they gave us another Finding Nemo. I'm yeah. happy with that. And I'm <laughs> sure you're going to see it regardless. I certainly am. Okay, fair enough. So, um, should we chuck a little bit of, a little more film news into the mix real quick? Yeah, chuck some at me. So, we've talked about uh, so Splash. So, Channing Tatum's going to be a mermaid. And why not? Joe Carnahan, meanwhile, the director mm. of The Grey and Narc is going to rewriting a movie adaptation of the video game Uncharted.
0: Cool. So he'll be the fifteenth person to take a stab at it.
1: Yeah, basically. Yeah. And Nathan Filling is now too old to play the character, so <laughs>
0: he was too old fifteen years ago. He
1: was, he was. Yeah. Wasn't Seth Rogan writing this at one point?
0: Seth Rogan was uh Seth was it Seth Gordon Green? I possibly, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: But uh, oh it'll it'll happen sooner or later. I'm sure it's not another. Speaking of, by the way, can we take a moment to celebrate on behalf of Terry Gilliam? Because I th- I think he's earned this one. As Terry, it, Terry yeah. Gilliam has started filming <laughs> the man who killed Don Quixote, so I'd like to take Good a moment him. and give him a round of applause because I think he's earned it after all these years.
0: This calls for a celebration,
1: <laughs> Terry. If you're out there, mate, we will. Beers are on us. You just just track us down. We will happily buy you a drink. That's that's just a general thing, not just for this reason. But uh, yeah, you- you've earned it, pal. Good luck. And, and he got Adam Driver, too. Yeah,
0: that's, that's got to be some good casting. Good casting, some good casting yeah. Michael Palin, is it still? Michael Palin and Willem Dafoe from, from last time. Yeah.
1: Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe, not yeah. Willem the friend. So, uh, let's talk about uh, Up for Love, then, for two minutes, which is a French remake of an Argentinian film from 2013 called uh, Corazon de Leon. Do you remember this film? I do not. Right. Have you seen the poster for this film at all? I have. <laughs> right. So you're aware of the central gag of yeah. the film? Yeah.
0: It's one of those you look at the poster, you know what it's about.
1: Right. Okay. I, 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 was t- I tagged, uh, I checked in at the screening on Facebook, and a friend of mine immediately. Uh Messaged me said Are you watching a French version Of Shallow Hell And my response was Actually surprisingly not So this is um, <laughs> This is a, a romantic dramedy It's not a romantic comedy a romantic dramedy Starring Jean Dujardin A.K.A. The most French man Who has ever lived
0: yeah, I think he's got a badge if it says that. I think he has. Yeah. I think he's the spiritual.
1: He is the spiritual son of Gerard Depardieu. Anyway, so John de Jardin is a diminutive person. He has, and he has, and he has, and he has a, a order, which means he has never grown grown over. Supposedly, I think it's four feet uh, four feet seven inches. I think it is. He's never grown higher than that, and uh, he enters into a relationship with a woman of full physical stature, who's played by the name escapes me, Virginie Ifira, from Dead Man Talking. Anyway. So over the course of their relationship, questions come up about, you know, mocking people mocking them from the outside and it it unleashing his insecurities and asking whether or not their relationship can survive it. Is there a future for them, given their obvious physical difference? And so on and so forth. And in the middle of it, you've got the central gag, of course, that Jean de Jordan is, you know, a man of, uh, you know, regular height. In fact, I think he might actually be quite tall. And what they've done to film this is, you know Lord of the Rings, when they used forced perspective? Yeah like Gandalf With is the, the hobbits and yeah. yeah Gandalf is actually sat 12 feet in front of, of Frodo Yeah Frodo yeah I'll yeah they've done thing, this yeah. so there are sequences where That's you see vertical. them from the side and he's actually further away from the camera mm. and she's up front and and they're interacting but there's actually about 12 feet in between them and it's really really well done it's wonderfully executed the practical effects of it are fantastic there is a sequence of Jean Dujardin sat in a chair which has to be seen to be believed it is how have you done that and then you realise, you go, oh, okay, cool, cool. But um, the performances are great. The performances are really sincere. And what they've done quite cleverly is they've played it straight. They've accepted that the visual trickery, the Lord of the Rings style trickery, is mm. is going to be a lot to swallow anyway. So they've just gone with that and played it straight. And you think, okay, probably for the best. He's very charming. She wins you over quite quickly. Um, there's a uh, solid supporting cast. I really, really liked it. I liked a lot of it, I think, comes down to uh, Lawrence Turard, who's both written and directed. And his script is quite thoughtful and quite sincere. And I, I really bought into it. And it, it, it's not the shallow Hal that you think it is. It's,
0: it's nobody ever said that. History of films, has ever said that. It's, yeah. films, it's, it's said not that.
1: the shallow hell you think it is.
0: This is not the shallow hell you're looking for. <laughs>
1: it's not. It is a little bit more. Please, in a week that Sharknado the Fourth Awakens come out, don't quote Star Wars out of context. Because <laughs> <laughs> I you, will try not. There's see. a lot of that later. There is a lot of that later. I promise you. Okay. But no. So up for love? Um, if you're up for a good time, go and see it. It's, it'll win you over. With the latest film news and reviews. This is off screen. And we're back. While we were off, case, did you learn to love Top Gun? by any chance? Did you? I still it
0: like it the same amount.
1: Well, you're less than nothing. Anyway,
0: <laughs> it's not even my favourite film by Tony Scott. I
1: don't think it's anyone's favourite film by Tony Scott. Man on Fire is everyone's favourite film yeah, by Tony Scott, or Crimson Tide in my case. Oh, but Crimson
0: Tide. Crimson Tide's awesome. So awesome. Let's just do a Tony Scott special something.
1: We should at some let's point. Let's commemorate Tony Scott. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about uh, the other, one, other person gets commemorated a lot, Paul Greengrass, yeah. who gets commemorated for, I think, basically three films now. Oh, no, Captain Phillips now as well.
0: Yeah, people love Captain Phillips. People love I Captain really, Phillips. I enjoy the film. Yeah. But, House of course,
1: he's back with Matt Damon. Yes. There is a fourth Bourne movie. Jason Reborn. Jason Reborn. And I know there are technically five of these, but we are not counting the last one.
0: Sorry Jeremy Renner
1: <laughs> Sorry Jeremy Nobody is counting The Bourne Legacy Ever There's a By the way If you if you went on the London Underground There were posters mm-hmm. For uh, Jason Bourne For this one And in the bottom Left hand corner There was a little thing buy, buy the box set Now on Blu-ray And it includes The Bourne Legacy and you start oh, thinking, it? That's the only way You're ever shifting Copies of yeah, that film Yeah there was
0: a big Like huge storage Unit somewhere Somewhere <laughs> in the world Yeah
1: It's like the E.T. video game uh, Crater It's just filled with Copies of The Bourne Legacy Yeah so uh, it's now been four years on from uh, the Bourne legacy. Matt Damon, Paul Greengrass are back. General idea this time, Jason Bourne's been off the grid since he exposed uh, Treadstone and Blackbriar at the end of... Isn't he always
0: off the grid? He's always off
1: the grid, I know, yeah. but this time he's properly off the it's grid. That's his, like, home address. Jason it is, Bourne yeah. Jason Bourne, for, number for three, grid. off the grid. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's now make, making a living in uh, bare-knuckle cage-fighting. <laughs> you see, bare-knuckle boxing, bare-knuckle brawling.
0: <laughs> it's a living.
1: <laughs> wherever he can find it. But, of course, he's Jason Bourne, so he can basically destroy a man with one punch, and the movie literally opens with this. Um, he is contacted by Julia Stiles' character from the original trilogy... Um, who has gone into, effectively, Edward Snowden-like territory and started stealing files from the CIA. She's gone to him with these files and inadvertently brings him back into the fold, in which he finds himself having to fend off yet another requisite assassin, or, sorry, asset, as they're called, the asset, who this time around is Vincent Cassell.
0: Yes, it is. It is.
1: And, you know, who's being run by yet another requisite evil CIA boss, who this time around is Tommy Lee Jones uh who's also you know got under his care you know a, a young uh, cia director who this <laughs> time around is, is alicia vikander and you know there's a there's a computer hacker who no i'm kidding <laughs> and and there's going to be a car chase which this time around is in
0: las vegas
1: and, and you know there's a clandestine meeting which this time around is in london oh no so
0: they're following a formula
1: so they're following a formula yeah. here's a clip that reminds you exactly how much born my name is heavenly
0: i'm not in charge here
1: I wasn't here when you went missing. I can see you going through the old Treadstone files. Retracing your history. I know you're looking for something. Let me help you find it.
0: Give me that phone. Yes, sir. Jason, this is Robert Dewey. Do you remember me? Jason, your dad was a patriot. He could see the threats that America was facing, and like you, he chose to serve his country out of a profound sense of duty. He would not want to see you harm the agency. You have to stop this. You have to stop it now.
1: Credit where it's due. This is, of all the Bourne movies, this is strangely the most topical. So this involves Snowden, this involves Prism, this involves uh, the economic situation in Greece. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of now in this. They've very much updated Bourne. They have brought him into the world, because somewhere along the line, someone noticed that the Bourne movies actually weren't that far-fetched anymore. Yeah, and, you know, the comments
0: been like, "Oh, this is like a born film."
1: Yeah, because <laughs> we've just gone through so many of these uh, these whistleblowing scandals now, yeah. that it's just born every week. Like, you just expect to see
0: him <laughs> we somewhere, really don't you? Do. Or, or not see him it, exactly? Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so you've got all that government data mining and metadata and social media and all this stuff. Yeah. There's a brilliant new character introduced by uh, played by Riz Ahmed, actually, who's quite clearly a spin on Mark Zuckerberg, and it goes into that whole is Mark Zucker. Secretly working for Google, kind of yeah, conspiracy theory, and they run with that at one point. And obviously, the born version is a little bit more uh, on the knuckle. But um, this is the thing: what they've done wrong, however, is rather than focus on all that stuff, they've, as you could hear in the clip, they've brought his dad into it, like aspects of his dead father. And you're like, okay. Why have you chosen to go down the chosen one route? Why 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 does it suddenly need to be that he was preordained to do this? That it removes any element of him having ever been an everyman. And all of a sudden it's like Spider-Man. You know when they rebooted Spider-Man and it's yeah. he was clearly just destined to become Spider-Man and of his the father. fact that he Yeah, the yeah. fact that he got bitten by a spider is just an extraordinary coincidence, or mm. Incredible Hulk did the same thing. Now it's just, oh, Jason Bourne was always just going to become Jason Bourne. And what because that wasn't the point of these films. These films were always strangely realistic in a, in a very odd way. And this is the problem. The movie wants to be entertaining above all. And when it gets to... It sounds really odd to say that this is a movie that jumps the shark. However, about the time you get to The Big Car Chase, which you've seen in the trailer, and, and that is kind of the culmination of the third act. That's near nearly the very end of the film. That's the culmination of the third act. And that is... It's such a ridiculous sequence... Brilliantly played, brilliantly played, and it's the best practical, uh, you know, mo- motor, practical vehicular carnage that you've seen since Fury Road.
0: Since uh, Paul Blart's Small Cop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> since Paul Blart's Segway yeah. chess, yeah. Fantastic, the executed sequence. However, it's so ridiculous and so out of place for any kind of real world yeah. that you just start going, this is Nonsense! Because the whole thing with Bourne was always that this could actually be happening. It is, it's real. And you yeah. wouldn't notice. Even when he was, you know, getting snipers in Waterloo, etc. You're like, yes, but that could be happening because it's, it's covert. It's a covert war. You don't then start barrelling cars through Las Vegas and taking out buildings. Yeah,
0: it looks cool, though. It looks so cool. Fine. But
1: this does not so much jump the shark as it does drive an armoured personnel carrier through one. And, you know what, uh, the casting's all great. Uh, the stuff about Matt Damon only having 46 lines probably actually is true, if we're yeah, honest. isn't it?
0: It's 258 words or something. That
1: could very easily be yeah. true. Most of it is him asking questions, if we're honest. <laughs> because although he remembers he remembers everything, apparently he still feels the need to ask, hmm. ask everything. And uh, Alicia Vikander, I really liked her in it. It seems a little bit of a step down for her, Strangely, though, because it doesn't seem a particularly involved character. It's very much a, 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 a stand, it's a big stand-in. franchise role, and that's she's it. not really
0: done anything like that. And she's going to be taken on the Tomb Raider That's film, it. But so,
1: you feel like that's going to give her a lot to do. Step. This is yeah, really I think that's like a stepping stone. for yeah. her. I this yeah. is really very much a sort of. Do you know what? Just have some exposure. Have some exposure just in this Oscar, role. Yeah,
0: have loads of money. Is a thing
1: exactly? It's yeah. an easy. It's an easy ride. Why not? If you're a fan of the Bourne series, presumably you'll have hated the Jeremy Renner one because otherwise you wouldn't be much of a fan. Uh, you're going to love this. Hmm. If you've never particularly liked the Bourne films If they've never you've never really warmed to them This really is more of the same And in every sense Greengrass is as good as he was Damon's as good as he was The film is exactly as good as all the other films Who, were. who, who wrote it?
0: Is it Green Greengrass is, himself?
1: It is Greengrass I believe
0: Did he write it with Matt Damon? I'm not sure I think he did
1: but uh, this is the problem though it just feels like another it's another born yeah it's 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 born again born again born again but it's not reborn if you know what i mean no. it's just born, born again, again. Yeah
0: And yeah But it's not Stillborn
1: It's not Stillborn That's what you got to give it <laughs> That's a terrible gag And who is it you said ran with it?
0: Uh, collider
1: Collider ran yeah. with it Okay that's, that's fair enough then <laughs> They could probably pull that off Don't say
0: anything about my beloved Collider
1: <laughs> Should we finish the top ten for the week then? Why not
0: Number five <laughs> Toy Story for Dogs. <laughs> Toy Story for Dogs.
1: So, the Secret Life of Pets, which we just got a sequel announced earlier. Yeah,
0: 2018, it comes out J- July 13th or 18th, I think. Yeah, but yeah, so we're, yeah, g- we're gonna get July one.
1: That. Yay! Can't wait. The film's great. The film's a lot of fun. Did you see it in the end?
0: I've not seen it yet. It? I'm, I'm hoping to do a bit of like an animation double bill.
1: No, why not? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that and Finding find Dory. Very good double bill, in fact. Yeah, in fact, there yeah. you go. If you've got kids and you want get like a Fanta Frozen,
0: yeah. have a great time. Oh yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah, if you've got kids, you want an afternoon in the cinema. See both of those, you will not regret it. Mm. Number. Star Trek Beyond!
0: I did it, I'm a button.
1: You are a button, you're a button, (laughs) it's happened now. Right, so I was saying to you before the show, I need to clarify, I do do like Star Trek Beyond. I did did. enjoy Star Trek Beyond. I had issues with it, and those issues are actually down to the writing of it, rather than anything else. And I do think, I think it's the weakest written of the three. I mean, regardless of what you think of Into Darkness, I know it's a very divisive film. I do think it was better written than this, though, because, for instance, why does Scotty have such a large role besides the obvious? Um, what happened to all the story arcs that are set up in the first ten minutes?
0: Um, I don't think it's any larger or any smaller than the first or second ones. Do you know? No, if you go back and watch him, in, in the first, he comes in quite late, but it's quite a substantial, meaty role. No, he's yeah, only really got, like,
1: the one scene.
0: But it's a massive scene. In the second one... Isn't it loads? It's yeah. just the fact that yeah. he, he's got his own kind of like subplot in the second one where he That's what I mean. He, it's he an actual it's an and, actual
1: subplot. Well no, I mean this yeah. one seems to have an actual subplot because he's off with the alien warrior chick and
0: I always see him having about as much time as what um Uhura has. I see him being like the fourth kind of co-lead. Ugh
1: Oh no. Let's leave it at that. Let's let's leave it at that. Enough peg for my day. Number three the bfg the bfg i saw this on my birthday i went and saw it to the oh, IMAX screen saw and this
0: belated happy birthday to you sir
1: oh thank you uh a, a, a premature happy wedding to you happy. um <laughs> so, so yeah bfg really like it well cast well directed well written well uh, well done really yeah. <laughs> just a well really, said well said yeah, yeah really thank you um well thanked um <laughs> really just solidly made effort to bring Roldal to the screen—I really loved everything about it. It was, you know, it was a film that was just lovely, and I, I can't say it was fairer than that. Just delightful.
0: Well, then, let's do the next one.
1: Number two: Jason Reborn. <laughs> well, we reviewed that. See, see attached. Number one: Finding Dory. Well, we've done that. Yes. <laughs> so, see attached. Should we cut to the jump then? Come back and do some more reviews. Let's do it with the latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen the on-screen radio show. And we're back and dancing. So, uh, should we do a bit of news before we cut to the Kara? Yeah,
0: why not? About, yeah. Right, did I you like ever it. see Beaches? Did you ever know that you're my hero? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was where you were going to go with it. I really... Yes, you know, yes. I, I actually,
1: <laughs> believe it or not, I've never seen Beaches all the way through. Really? And my mum and sister are big fans yeah. of it. I saw it
0: when I was younger. Cassie saw it recently. Wept, uh, I I would imagine, yeah. know, knowing your
1: knowing your better half, I would imagine yeah. she did. Night yeah. Falls, thank you. Night Falls. <laughs> <Niagara> Falls. <laughs> uh, well, I didn't realize actually that it is uh, the film from which uh, When Beneath My Wings" originates. I didn't know that. Hit. Yeah. Ah, I did not know that. Also there's another one the classic one that's in there, but I forget. Well, it's being remade for television, mm. uh starring your better half's uh, favourite person in the world, uh Edina Menzel or Adele Dezine, as she's perhaps yeah. better known. And uh, yeah, she's gonna play the, the middler role and there's no uh, oh, yeah. word on who's gonna play the Barbara Hershey role yet. Yeah. But this is being made for lifetime. Oh of course it is. Yeah, because yeah. because why why would it be? That's good
0: casting though for for C Yes yeah, uh, it's 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 not bad. It's not bad. She can sing. <laughs>
1: yeah, She can sing. Yeah. That's all she really she needs <laughs> to do. Just do some singing. So uh, let's look at The Carer then, um, which is uh, kind of a, a really sort of sweet, uh, kind of in-the-countryside British film. It centres on uh, Brian Cox is uh, Sir Michael. He is a, a sort of retired actor, a legend of the profession, sort of like an ancient Anthony Hopkins, if you will. And he's, he's got an advanced form of Parkinson's. Um, he can't really look after himself. His family are having a difficult time uh, maintaining care for him. And he apparently, because of his very curmudgeonly attitude, has gone through a number of care assistants and into this mix uh, comes uh Doris here. Who is a uh, a young uh, European uh, aspiring actress wanted to be an actress once upon a time and has gone into care care work. She takes on this reluctant job. She at first doesn't like him. This sounds an awful lot like a plot to me. Before you, I admit, but <laughs> a little bit a little or bit. maybe
0: what was that French film? Uh, be Intouchables, yeah, being Intouchables. Intouchables, yeah, which is being remade good. with
1: Cranston and Kevin Hartner. Yes, it is. Um, and the pair, of course, form an unlikely sort of friendship. And he learns to sort of come out of his shell and ex- mm. and get over his vanity. He doesn't want to be seen by the outside. World, for instance, when in his condition, because he doesn't want to—he keep doesn't want to be remembered as having keeled over in front of people. And she, of course, wants to, be, wants to pursue her dream of acting deep down. And the pair, but she may or may not have what it takes. The pair have the pair strike a chord in each other, and well, wouldn't you know it, they're mates now. Uh, we have a clip. Hiring somebody to care about me, caring for you—it's not the same thing. We could never hope to pay anyone to care about you. Ooh. You didn't say you
0: were going straight to the Oscars. Is she a Muslim? Oh, don't start that again. Of course she's not a Muslim. The last one was a Muslim. No, she wasn't. She was Russian. She had a burqa. She didn't have a burqa. She had a cold. I'm still not interested. I'm um, told he's difficult. No, no, Mr. No, that's all right. It's bloody impossible. Ah. Ah! Help me!
1: When you've quite finished groping. Would you please be so kind as to get me out of the rosebush? Brian Cox in this movie is terrific. I want to specify this is X-Men 2 Brian Cox, Manhunter Brian Cox, not the astronomer. Yeah, so course, yeah. people people, strangely get those two confused. Never figured that one out. Brian Cox, the astronomer, has not really acted to the best of my ability.
0: He plays piano. He was in a band. Okay, no, yeah.
1: okay. So great cast for this one. Um, Coco Koenig. Oh, Coco Koenig sorry plays uh, plays the female lead and it's a great name isn't it yeah. how do you not become an actress when your name is Coco Koenig
0: not not related to to Walter
1: I don't believe so or Koenig. Koenig? Yeah. it's 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 an umlaut that's a, uh, right, you've also got Anna Chancellor and Amelia Fox and uh, Carl Johnson, who I was, uh, was happy to see in there, and cameoing as himself, for apparently no reason whatsoever, Roger Moore, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
0: because he just loves to, because because he to, just loves to do things. Yeah. Um, so Thanks,
1: Roger Moore. Really charming film. A surprisingly witty, very uh, sharp, very pithy, and there's some absolutely terrific dialogue they afford uh brian cox's character he was just this i don't know just razor-tongued old actor and he's fantastic in it um of course the relationship between him and uh, koko character um gives them a lot to do they put in some great performances as a result really well shot by uh, Janos adelini uh, adelini Adelany, I think. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I so. and, Adele Adele and, and I, I really liked. it. I really thought it was something very sweet. I didn't quite expect it to be as as sincere as it was, and I was, I really loved it. I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy to see Anna Chancellor in anything though. To be honest, I, I really rate her as an actress. But uh, yeah, no, I really liked it. I thought Brian Cox. I, I, I would like to see him do more roles of this scale. I feel like he's not in enough anymore. Like once he appeared in Red or Red Two, whichever one it was, he stopped trying.
0: Um... I think it was Was it Red 2. Was, was it Red 2? Was he yeah. the Russian guy? I believe so, yeah. I
1: think it was a Russian guy who was trying to have it oh, off Oh, no, with it was first 1. It was the first one. Was that the first remember. one? Yeah, I remember now. Was mm-hmm. it number 2? It was Richard Dreyfus? Yes. Yeah, okay, that's why. I and
0: Anthony Hopkins was then 2.
1: That's oh, okay, one. that would yeah. be why.
0: That would be why. A lot of all well, guys must A lot of all guys must
1: have, guys yeah. must have who knew? But yeah, I, I liked it. I was, I was taken in by it. I was won over by it. It was not, however. Our film of the week. No. Uh, our film of the week. I am going to give to, of course, Finding Dory, which I think is really, really hard to top. Yeah. And uh, you, you should see it immediately. If you, if, if anyone out I, there I hasn't seen wait. it, go I can't and see wait it. To see it. So that's it. I say I went to the cinema to see the BFG the other day, and full of kids, and uh, we briefly panicked because we thought we were going to see the GF, BFG, and uh, we're like, no, 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 they have Dory. It's fine. So next week we've got some interesting stuff um, next week we're going to have a week off again after next week so we're going to do okay. another show next week and then we're it's off the week. Aren't we I know you got to go and get yourself married man it's so inconvenient.
0: It's
1: something I have to do. Yeah. <laughs> Gun to head. <laughs> so uh, let's have a look. Oh, the wave is out next week. Did you see this one? This is, is like the not, that's this that's is awesome. the European-made disaster movie about like a tsunami. oh all right. Yeah,
0: I'm yeah. intrigued by but this one. I always love a good old uh, disaster flick.
1: Exactly. Yeah. We've got the latest Dog Wolf documentary, uh, The Confession: Living the War on Terror. Look forward to. Uh, one that I know you'll be looking mm. forward to is Wiener Dog.
0: Can't
1: wait Is it Todd Salons? Yeah Todd Salons, yeah With the, is, is that one Gretchen... Oh, what's her name? Gerwig Gretchen, Gre- Greta Gerwig, isn't Greta it? Gerwig. Oh, Greta Gerwig yeah. Gretchen Moll that, Gretchen, I get the yeah. two confused Oh, I
0: can see how that works you see how yeah. I get getting confused? Um, uh, Diane Vito is in it as well
1: it, Oh, yes, he yeah. is, yes, yes. Uh, We've also got uh, Ingrid Bergman in her own words Another oh. documentary uh, The Shallows Blake Lively versus The Shark Which is fair, fair enough
0: That should be alright
1: We've got Nerve with Emma Roberts and Dave Franco which looks like cheap thrills for the Instagram yeah, generation it's true
0: for dare isn't
1: it it yeah. is uh, we've got Valley of Love which I confess I know a little of uh, we've got Pete's Dragon next week can I wait I know you're on the edge I, I, n- I have never seen Pete's Dragon and I'm not going to, since I'm this close to. A I mean, release. it's not
0: like I love the, the original. Mm. I just the cast of this is so good.
1: It's Bradford, isn't it? Yeah, Bradford. Like and and, I like and Bryce Dallas Howard.
0: And Carl Urban.
1: And Carl Urban can't uh, and wait. A
0: big green fluffy dragon.
1: Yeah, and of course, we all know that what a big, big release next week though is really. It's Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Yay. Clearly. Yeah, because we all need a, a <laughs> Zac, 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 Efron Zac Efron needs a paycheck. <laughs> Zac Efron needs a paycheck. He needs to get, he's not taking his shirt off for like four days. Yeah. Can you need to take your shirt off. What again, is a shirt doing on me? That's want it. To see my abs. Every time I see Zach Efron and his clothes, I just think, that shirt's coming off.
0: <laughs> Fair play. I mean, I would be the same.
1: <laughs> if I look like Zach Efron, I would literally. Well, I would never wear shirts. I also
0: like cakes. Yeah, so. yeah, there's that. I, I, so,
1: yeah. We, we could both look like Zach Efron, but we enjoy food. Yeah. Yeah. So, all those those to come and more next week off-screen. This has been a Candy Store production for On Screen. I've been Van Conner. I
0: have been, as always, Case Allen.
1: And we leave you with the knowledge that although we're only reviewing Sharknado The Fourth Awakens in the podcast extras, we will, however, inform you that the writer of that series, Thunder Levin, has mapped out plans for a 5th, 6th, and 7th Sharknado. See you next week.
0: Just show me the way to get out of here, and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to
1: Off Screen. For more news and reviews, visit onscreenfilm.com. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. Podcast extras, then, Mister Allen. So, I've got some fun stuff for you. You're gonna really I love. like
0: fun stuff. That's good.
1: So, let's talk then uh, quickly about uh, Spider-Man because there was an interesting uh, story about Spider-Man this week. Mm. That Kevin Fage, Fage, Fagey, Fage, Fage, I
0: never. Sp- I, I always say Paul Feig and Kevin Feige. Oh, Kevin, his name is spelt beige with an F. That's the problem. But no one, no one says beige. Yeah, fair enough. Phage. Unless he says phage to my face.
1: Okay. Well, he's yeah. done He's done an interview in which he has said um, that he, he likes the idea that each of the new Spider-Man movies is going to take place over one school year. Mm.
0: Great. That's fantastic. That. He well said played. it's going to be like the Harry Potters. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Only
1: works, however, if you're doing one every 12 months, because the rest of the MCU rules runs in real time. Mm. Yeah. Because Tony Stark's been Iron Man for eight years now.
0: Let's see how popular this Spidey film yeah, is. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be very popular. Oh, it's going to be huge. Oh, it's going to be the biggest thing.
1: It really is. Tom Holland's great in it. I, yeah. I saw Civil War again over the break. Um, yeah. But uh, Oh, uh, Charlie Hunnam, it's now been confirmed, is not returning for, <laughs> uh, for the Pacific he's, Rim 2. He's cancelling the apocalypse. He's cancelled his apocalypse. Yeah, Which it. is a damn shame, but I think we all knew it was a possibility.
0: He's, um, he's got other things, and I... I like the idea of focusing on new characters. This new character, yeah.
1: Okay, so I want to talk to you about uh, celebrity cameos. Which All right. uh, celebrity cameos? Which they've been a thing for a while. Like Central Intelligence has a bit of a whopper towards the end, as there's one there.
0: And, yeah, uh, I've heard, yeah. you, you've heard of that one,
1: yeah. Uh, Daddy's Home that had a great one towards oh, the end. Great Absolute one. belter of a celebrity cameo.
0: There's a film that comes out in a couple of weeks, but it's nothing but cameos. <laughs> yeah, there is one of those that yeah. we've seen
1: that is we'll like, talk about it in a couple of weeks. Yeah. But I want to talk to you about a specific cameo that until now has just been a mystery that no one's ever been able to explain because it made no sense. And I'm talking about this
0: Sky doesn't know. Oh, Scotty doesn't
1: know, oh So don't tell Scotty, Scotty doesn't know, Scotty
0: doesn't know
1: are you familiar with it, Case?
0: Yes, because I've seen Eurotrip.
1: You've seen Eurotrip. Yeah. Okay. So for The Uninformed, that is a song. That's kind of the theme song to Eurotrip, yeah. uh, which is a 2014 Canadian teen sex comedy. Uh, it stars Scott Mclewitz a then relatively unknown uh, Michelle Trachtenberg, who was pre-Gossip Girl but post-Buffy. And uh, a lot of very strange celebrity cameos in there. Uh, they had Lucy Lawless. They had uh, Fred Armisen was in there as well. It's cozy. Um, yeah. I forgot he was in that. Yeah, there's loads of these little celebrity cameras, but there's one that relates to that song that we've never been able to explain, and it was Matt Damon. Matt Damon turned up at the beginning of that film as the lead singer of a small-town band. He performed that song called Scotty Doesn't Know in front of a guy named Scotty... Because the song relates to the lead singer having it off with Scotty's girlfriend, Fiona, who's played by Kristin Crook, a.k.a. My Dream Woman. And, uh, and, of course, the song recurs throughout the movie. It's never been explained why, having recently starred in The Bourne Identity and become an action star, Matt Damon would ever agree to being in that film. Matt Damon has now, whilst doing uh, a Reddit AMA... He oh,
0: of course, somebody asked on Reddit.
1: Someone asked on Reddit, so of course, Matt Damon has finally answered, and the answer is just that it was for his mates.
0: <laughs> the writers—it just t- seems like a nice guy.
1: <laughs> the writers were his mates. The movie yeah. was filmed in Prague, and you can tell because there's some very strange bits of green screen in it. And
0: uh, <laughs> yeah. so, so where where was his his portion filmed? Right,
1: this is the weird part. His portion was filmed in Prague because he happened to be there filming the Brothers Grimm at the time.
0: That's amazing. Right. They, they just kind of called him up. Gets they-
1: better. They called him up, asked him to do it. He said, yeah, sure. Turned up to film it and then said, by the way, I'm wearing a wig for this film I'm doing. So if you need to like shave my head or anything to make the character look a bit better, Go for it. do it. So they did. They shaved yeah. his head specifically to play the lead singer of this band in a movie that nobody remembers, but should <laughs> because it's actually strangely funny in a kind of good, in a yeah. kind of
0: naff way. Van road trip like back to back, yeah.
1: It it I'd say it's I, I think I prefer road trip, but I actually I prefer road trip, but I laughed more at Euro trip, yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah, I did, and I I have a bit of a thing for Michelle Trattenburg in it, if yeah. I'm honest, but uh, who doesn't? So yeah, yeah. The mystery has finally been solved. It's yeah. been it's been twelve years, and the mystery has finally been solved. Why it Matt has Damon keep me awake at night? To celebrate this moment, let's hear the song again. I
0: Any excuse to play that song. Any excuse. Have you relived your pop-punk past? I did, you know, yes, I did. Well, you
1: know, pop-punk past. Who's, who hasn't got one? So, uh, so, what news have you got?
0: Cool. So, um, did you know that uh, Hollywood uh, uh, celebrities, you don't like people to be nasty, and uh, they don't like uh, people saying negative things about them? and, and also, I'm
1: I'm familiar with this being a concept, yes. Okay, well, um, uh,
0: Jimmy Fallon is uh, hosting the Golden Globes. Right? Yeah.
1: I don't know the story. I'm I'm, I'm confused here. Cool. No,
0: I'm... Um, yeah, so Ricky Gervais has obviously been hosting for the last couple of years, and there's always like a big backlash about him hosting. And yeah, people find him a bit edgy, so. don't they? Yeah, well, yeah. the news has broken that Jimmy Fallon is going to be the host of next year's Golden Globes. Okay, and he's basically it's like wrapping George Clooney in cotton wool.
1: Okay, is.
0: yeah, he's just you've you've seen the Tonight Show. Yes, yes, you? I have.
1: Yeah. it's it's decidedly unedgy. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's just a very kind of it's a very safe choice. It's like Ellen doing the Oscars.
1: Well, I, I I'll be honest with you. I I was a Conan fanatic, and I only watched Conan. Uh, now I'll be honest. I only watched the Late Late Show with Corden.
0: Do you know watch Colbert?
1: Uh, I don't watch Colbert anymore either. I I, I, I can't want to. But, uh, I, really like him. That's but it. I, I only but yeah. watch the Daily Show and the
0: Late Late Show uh, every day. So that's really no. it for me. It's just I expect like some kind of lip sync battle at the Golden Globes oh, God. next year.
1: Oh, oh. Um, speaking of talk shows, right? Carpool yeah. Karaoke. I was, I, I. While I was away, I saw a Carpool Karaoke with a young man named Nick Jonas, mm. whom I confess I know nothing of, but I'm told that he had brothers once, and they were musicians.
0: Was this when you were watching an episode of South Park, Bernie? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I as I was, I was watching uh, late Show and Carport Yeah, with Demi Lovato? Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato. De Demi Lovato. Lemmy Lovato. De Demi yep. Who was a, a, a very attractive young brunette woman. And uh, yes, she evidently is some sort of musician as well. And they do this carpool karaoke, which is apparently a huge thing now when I, I watch them Michelle Bauman. But anyway, this Nick Jonas character, it turns out, has been cast as the lead in Jumanji. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Well, one of the five leads. Well, one of the
1: five leads. So I don't think you can ever tell Dwayne Johnson that he's not the lead. Exactly. Because yeah. he, he'll have your face if he thinks
0: you're the lead. That cast is coming together. So it's going to be Dwayne Vowak-Johnson, Kevin yep. Hart, who the, yeah, that's a good, that's good, that's good, that's good chemistry. and Jack Black. And Jack Black, yeah, exactly. I can't wait to see their kind of chemistry.
1: I can't wait to see which token 30-something female actress they get. Mm. Uh, they, already used Bell. Putting... they already used Gillian Bell for Goosebumps. Um, See, I was going to say someone, someone it's, like Gillian Bell. It's, it's going to be someone like that, isn't it? Um, Orby Plaza's too young to be a love interest on in any of the three adult ones. It's got to be someone
0: around the 30.
1: It's got to be, hasn't it? Yeah, hmm. or maybe
0: just like a touch older. Maybe someone like Judy Greer. Judy Greer will be someone's mum. Oh, yeah, yeah. Judy Greer yeah.
1: will be someone's mum. Elizabeth Banks, she could do one of these. Elizabeth Banks hasn't really done one yet,
0: actually. Austin Slither. True. This, I this, yeah, I could, That'd be I'd, cool. I would I could, I'd
1: watch year. that. I'd watch that. A little, she's too busy, but i watch uh, Yeah, busy.
0: she's directing all the films. <laughs> <laughs>
1: she's directing all the films. Hey, is that a from... franchise?
0: I'll direct it now. <laughs> <laughs> That's mine.
1: Charlie's <laughs> Angels, man. <laughs>
0: yeah. Power Rangers, <laughs> give me suits. So, <clears> oh yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, well, she will direct the sequel. That's all oh, happening. Yeah, she's doing. Totally. She's doing Power Rangers too. Totally. Do seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that what they said? There's like seven Power Rangers. Seven something. Something like that. Yeah. Six or seven. So let's talk really quickly about. Bobby Sands, then, which is uh, 66 Days, Bobby Sands, uh, which is a uh, documentary about. Do you know the story, Bobby Sands?
0: Uh, yes, I do, because I've seen uh, Hunger.
1: That's what I was going to yeah. say, yeah. Because it, Steve obviously
0: Queen, Fastbender.
1: So you probably know more about the actual story than I did. Did, did uh, Fastbender played Bobby Sands, didn't yes. he? Yes. Right. Which, when you're watching the film and he's the actual guy, it's like. Yeah, I suppose, but uh, really, not not really much to say with it because it's very much a character piece. It's very much just a sort. Of, it's divided fifty fifty between let's do a character piece about Bobby Sands, the man, and let's do a, 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 just a, an insight into hunger strikes and their historical mm. relevance. And the problem is it compromises by doing both it never really picks uh, a particular focus it does feel kind of messy as a result very sincere though very well put together the tone is nice the tone's very sweet there's obviously a lot of reverence for him there's obviously a lot of reverence for him and uh and the story obviously is is done on the note he was on the right side of history you know fair enough um the problem is there's just not much more to it beyond beyond a cursory examination i think mm. i didn't feel like i learned much more from it than i already had going in if you've seen hunger for instance you've probably seen a, a slightly more insightful portrayal of this because i mean let's be honest you know, steve mcqueen doesn't you know lack insight in his films uh, but it is it's a well put together thing it's a storyville documentary um it actually i'm not saying that in a comparative way it actually, it actually is, is a storyville documentary story, so you will kind of see this on BBC two one night and that's fair enough that's kind of where it belongs um you're not going to feel any worse off for of having watched it in fact you'll probably you'll know, probably think actually yes that was very impressively put together I, I you know I enjoyed the experience um but yeah there's really not much more to it than that but uh mm-hmm. so uh what else have we got in the news uh ooh, oh, oh. <sighs> oh 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 reboots oh yeah they're a thing reboots are a thing for yeah. some reason because money because money, uh, they're rebooting Diary of a Wimpy Kid.
0: Yeah, they are. I mean, that's that's the franchise that we all needed. Yeah,
1: I will say though, they're keeping it in continuity, so they're just recasting. Okay. They're just recasting the existing continuity.
0: What's well, going to be like the same characters? The same just...
1: characters, same timeline, same continuity. <laughs> We're now on to the fourth one, and they're just going to recast the two leads.
0: So it's like it's like Bond. Kind of like Bond, yeah. <laughs> die of a wimpy Bond.
1: Die of a wimpy Bond, which is oh psychologically how I would describe the Daniel Craig era. But uh, <laughs> die of a whiny Bond, maybe. Die of a whiny Bond, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> But do do you want to shake it all stirred? Do I look like I give a damn? You probably should. You're Bond. Yeah. But uh, anyway, (laughs) so uh, Jason Ian Drucker and Owen Astolos—they are the new leads of Astolos. Astolos—they are the new leads of the Diver Wimpy Kid series.
0: Cool. I I wish them well.
1: I do as well. I quite like the Diver Wimpy Kid series. Have you watched them?
0: Well, they've done. Is it three? They they did three. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: it's Diver Wimpy Kid, Roderick Roderick Rules, and Dog Days. Dog
0: Days. Yeah. I think I saw I saw most of Dog Days working at uh, a cinema.
1: Yeah, Dog Days is the one where he works, he's the job at the side of the pool, whatever. Yeah, yeah I liked that one.
0: Mm. I thought it was quite good. Yeah. But uh, So, um,
1: let's, let's talk about sequels then. Uh, Infinity War, Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. Is now only a single film. Mm. No Infinity War Part 2. There is still going to be an Avengers movie that follows on from it. It's going to be a year later. It's interesting, this, isn't it? But it's only. it's not going to be a direct sequel. It's... It's going to be the next chapter it will,
0: it will follow on but
1: it will follow on in the way that yeah. you know civil war follows on from age of ultron and age of ultron follows on from avengers one yeah, yeah.
0: it's just it's interesting because when uh dc had like a like a press uh set visit to mm. justice league set it was revealed that they're not going to be having justice league part one and part two it's going to be justice league and then it'll be some other Justice League film, but it's going to have a sequel, so it's not going to be like it's one film split into two. Exactly. So it's a similar kind of thing.
1: The funny thing is that all this comes about, and 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 straight after the news that the Divergent finale, which was also a part one, part two affair, the Divergent finale, the second half has been scrapped now, and is going to be on television instead.
0: Yeah. How embarrassing! That's unprecedented. I I can't think of a time that's happened.
1: No, that has never ever happened. That's but the thing is, because they're moving it to a TV movie, they don't know if the cast are going to stick around. That was going to be my next question. They're also going to set up a spin-off series in this pilot in in this in this movie sorry what's it's what's the
0: it's... point there's obviously no call for it
1: there's obviously no call for the franchise and this is all happening because the the last one kind of bombed oh
0: it tanked like not even com- like compared to the the, the the first ones it was just
1: just in it general it underperformed yeah which is a shame because as you well know i'm a very big fan of uh, miss woodley Shailene um, and her Woodleys. Shailene and her Woodleys, indeed. It's it's the the part of the reason I really enjoyed uh, White Bird and a Blizzard. I yeah. I enjoyed Shailene and her Woodleys. Yeah,
0: Shailene. Shailene. I'd say Shailene.
1: Shailene. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of film news where it's just it's, it seems to be a series of actors hmm. that are just saying that they shouldn't have had a sequel to films that they were in.
1: Okay, go on. So, so
0: okay, this is just really this is just going through and just seeing similarities between three different people. Okay. So first of all. Jai Courtney. Jai Courtney. Loves it. <laughs> Everyone
1: loves Jai Courtney. He said
0: that Terminator Genesis probably that's that's where we should end. Oh really. Is
1: this the movie let's that James Cameron left. said was the best sequel to the franchise to date?
0: Well, that was the third one, but he also said it about Terminator mm. Genesis. But uh yeah, Jai Courtney said let's let's just you know, let's not kick kick a dinosaur. So let's yeah. let leave it where If anyone
1: it is. knows a well made film, it's Jai Courtney. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then moving on to Jeremy Renner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he said that whilst they were doing uh, uh, the Avengers and indeed the second Avengers, yeah. he was lobbying for Hawkeye to be killed off. Well, because his his part was so small, it was just.
1: To, you know, the really interesting part is that uh, Hawkeye historically is killed off in the comics. Yeah, <laughs> he he is, and his resurrection is a big emotional moment in is, yeah. about two thousand six, I think.
0: Well maybe it's something that could be brought up in Avengers Infinity War.
1: I was always surprised no one was actually killed off in uh, Civil War. I, I, yeah. I am quite I mean, surprised. people were talking about it for months. We, we, we? we were. Who was going to die? There was a thing they were going to film six death scenes, wasn't it? Yeah. We're going to have six death scenes filmed and they, no one knew which one they were going to use.
0: They, we'll, we'll, we'll wait. We'll wait for Infinity all. And finally, Carl yeah. Urban.
1: Oh, go on. What's Carl Urban said?
0: Basically, he said that he wasn't sure if he was even going to be in the third Star Trek. Because after the second one, he agrees with I would say eighty percent of people were it wasn't the best.
1: Well, because he didn't have a role in the last one. He really
0: didn't have a role at <laughs> he all. Really didn't.
1: And I'm here injecting troubles because I have exactly. nothing. I've better nothing to else do. to do.
0: Give me something to do, Khan. Yeah. yeah. So he he said he really wasn't sure. Then he was convinced by Justin Lin to uh, appear, and his role is much. much He has easier. got a
1: significantly better role in the yeah, third one. So in fact, that's, I'm glad. I would argue that Simon Pegg's biggest success is making McCoy cool. Yeah.
0: Oh, oh, no. I I think that McCoy is always cool. No. McCoy is always cool. You
1: are wrong. No, 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 no. DeForest DeForest Kelly could not make uh, McCoy cool. He couldn't. I'm sorry. It never happened. So, So,
0: uh, author of the JT Leroy story. (laughs) Let's move on to that review, shall we? (laughs) Yes. Let's talk
1: about author of the JT Leroy story. We'll we'll come back to this later. Boy, is this a divisive one. Okay. And I really Is it as
0: divisive as your comment about. Hank, about mccoy
1: about mccoy you all said hank mccoy, I there, said hank didn't McCoy. You? different mccoy different mccoy, <laughs> different McCoy. yeah this bones is, not beast. the real mccoy but anyway. <laughs> 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 thank you thank well you well done sir well done <laughs> you, you really enjoyed that redeem yourself <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of redeeming oneself author the jt leroy story right are you familiar with jt leroy No, I'm not. Right, okay, that fascinates me that you're not, actually, because I would have assumed that you were.
0: Hmm.
1: Okay, I really didn't know the JT Leroy story, and having (laughs) encountered it now, I'm somewhat horrified by it. Oh, actually. Okay, go on, you can see it formulating in your head.
0: JT Leroy, was that a pseudonym, or that person had...
1: Right, okay. Uh, That just sticks in my head, about something. Am I on the right lines? In reality, JT Leroy is in fact... In fact, do you know what? Here's a clip that explains it all.
0: J.T. Leroy is a 21-year-old writer with two books of fiction based on his experiences as the son of a truck stop prostitute. Hi, I'm J.T. Jeremiah Terminator Leroy. There's
1: not a lot of discovery in publishing. William Burroughs, Janae, Allen Ginsberg. To hear a new voice was exciting. He doesn't like to show his face to the press.
0: JT, I just thank you from the bottom
1: of my heart. Some people think that JT Leroy might not really exist.
0: My name's Laura Albert, and I am the writer JT Leroy.
1: Meet Laura Albert, a.k.a. the single most delusional and self-indulgent person alive. And you are about to spend two agonizingly long hours listening to her drone on what this basically amounts to is <clears throat> you've got a core narrative which is this is jt leroy and the rise to rise to fame and the other half is here's the backstory of laura albert and how she came to to, to get to this stage of being jt leroy or leroy they can't they can't seem decide on the name mm. right um so you've got the stuff in the present day takes place in real time uh, the stuff in, in the modern era, so the, the adult years, takes place in, in sort of order of actual occurrence. The flashback stuff is pretty much as we damn well please. So here's her at you know, 16, and then we'll talk about when she was 8, and then we'll talk about when she was 15 and that time she did that thing. Then we'll talk about when she was 7. And, by, and the weird part is, none of it adds up. In the middle of it all, you've got uh, these, these phone conversations. First of all, Laura Albert, for no explainable reason whatsoever, has recorded every telephone call she's ever made. Don't know why. No reason? No reason reason why she recorded every telephone call she ever made. The idea is basically that no one would take her seriously. She was a sort of overweight teenage girl, uh, sort of behavioural issues, adopted this personality of being Terminator Leroy, and, you know, blagged her way into becoming a fashion icon, uh, behind-the-scenes writer, you know, reclusive writer, but then had to hire not higher, but her, use her sister-in-law, Savannah Noop, to actually play the public face of the somewhat androgynous JT Leroy, who, at one point, enters into a relationship with Azure Argento. And, yeah, yeah, your, your face speaks kind of volumes there, yeah, enters into a relationship with the Azure Argento, enters into a relationship with Billy Corgan, enters into a relationship with Michael Pitt, and you're just thinking, hang on a minute, this story doesn't make any sense, because these people clearly knew and uh, what did you just swear them to secrecy? So what you keep getting are these these endless talking heads of Laura Albert, who has evidently grown up to become even more annoying than she was in her early twenties, and just prattles on about nonsense. Talk, <laughs> really, really does. Who keeps talking about things like you know the equivocacy of truth and things like genuinely just just hors terms like that. And is <laughs> despite the fact that she's evidently, you know, one of the great writers of our era, that, you know, according to Lena Dunham, at if you read certain interviews, um, genuinely, that's a thing I discovered. I like that
0: you choose this time to to rant about Lena Dunham because you can't do it to your significant other.
1: You know what? I'm sorry. I think Lena Dunham is. Just this bourgeois bohemian, upper upper west side loft dwelling vacuous moron,
0: but you know what? That- if, if you're quiet, you can hear her MacBook keys tapping away on Lenny about you right now. <laughs> have, you seen,
1: have you seen that South Park where they get to, where they uh, they get to the safe space safe yeah, space okay. episode yeah. South Park in which Butter says, "Look, I've got to go." Later, us put a picture. of her- on Twitter and only wants to hear the nice comments. <laughs> yeah. Right, that is Lena Dunham, Lena Dunham, sorry, in a nutshell.
0: yeah. I, I like her, but hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, but no, so she's, so, you know, JT Leroy slash Laura Albert is the greatest great writer, yet at one point, just starts coming out with nonsense, the effect of, oh, I was accused of, of uh, I was, I was going to be sued because I violated the Patriot Act. You're like, well, hang on a minute, you're a civilian, you're not a member of law enforcement mm. or a branch of the military, how did you violate the Patriot Act? Mm. The government can violate a Patriot Act. You can't. What? What? Where did that come from, Laura? Really? She's that good. She's that good? Yep. Yeah, and there's loads of this nonsense. But she's such a good writer, you see, that she literally ends her own biography with, by the way, I was molested and I liked it. To which you just think, kind of feel that's a detail that probably could have been chucked in a bit earlier yeah. if i'm honest rather than you know at the very end mm. it kind of feels like you know you were a bit of a for two hours you've put most of your audience to sleep we've had to sit through uh the director of this who by the way is named uh oh, what's his name Lena Dyer. Uh, jeff <laughs> jeff <laughs> jeff Urezyk. Uh, Jeff like we had to put it with him desperately clawing to keep any sense of style uh, alive in this because, frankly, this is yawn-inducing. Mm. I mean, but if this were 80 minutes, it would be too long. And you kind of just want a desperate clutch of edginess on the way out. Mm. And, no, can't be bothered. Uh, please go away. I never, ever want to see Laura Albert again. I barely want to see Lena Dunham again, but uh, and she's not even in this film. <laughs> I was just going off yeah. the fact that Lena Dunham is a big like, J T Leroy fan. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what though, the celebrities that she conned along the way some who, who has she got? Right, these are the ones she. These are the ones she conned. Right, in this, you know, this, this. Cause she she does play it as you know. I didn't do anything wrong. Eh, don't know. Matthew Modine. He was one. Oh, uh, I Dean. Winona Ryder's public humiliation literally opens the film. And, and this was at a time when Winona, Winona Ryder was still a somewhat respected actress.
0: Hey, man, Stranger Things, she's coming back.
1: Yeah, I, I watched the first two episodes last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's yeah. kind of in kind of there. Yeah. Although, you know, she's Spock's mum, yeah. She's
0: Spock's mum. Spock's mum, yeah. She did fall off a cliff, though.
1: She did fall off a cliff. <laughs> she, she dumped the cliff. Anyway, um, so, uh, who else have we got in there? Oh, Gus Van Sant. Oh, he's oh. a big player in this one.
0: Well, he directed Michael Pitt, so maybe...
1: Well, funnily enough, JT Leroy wrote the script for Elephant. Really? S- yes.
0: So all so... coming together, it's a tangled web.
1: Yeah, there is a brilliant moment, however. Right. Oh, this, this is a bit of trivia that I really liked as well. One of her films, and the reason she became involved with Azure Argento, mm. is because one of her books, I believe it was her second book, actually did get adapted for the screen, and it made it to Cannes, directed by Azure Argento. Hmm. And nobody liked it. It was mood. there was uh, nobody could make heads or tails of it. No one knew what the hell it was. We got out of the screening for this, and Nigel Andrews brilliantly said, "I was at can when they screened that, and I remember at the time it didn't make any sense. We didn't get it because now it makes a lot more sense.
0: <laughs> so now that you never saw know the source. there yeah.
1: you go there is so there are real world effects of j. T. Le right, there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just
0: befuddlement. Befuddlement seems to be
1: her real world effect. I mean, this is someone's mom, and she (laughs) behaves like someone's That's like the worst mutant
0: power, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Befuddlement. (laughs) Befuddlement. (laughs) Adamantium claws, laser vision, befuddlement.
0: I feel like that would be mine. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, avoid the film like The Plague, please. It's it's dreadful. <laughs> it's really, really bad. Um, I just cannot wrap my head around how anyone thought this was a half-decent idea of film. Um, incidentally, in the couple of days that my review has been online for this, yeah. it's surprising how many people from the art community have been in touch.
0: Hmm. Fair um, vocal group.
1: Not even kidding. Actually, using the email function of the site to get in touch, and most of them echo somewhat to the reign of hear, here. It's very, very strange. Huh. But, uh, yeah. Got some fans. <laughs> got some there. Cool.
0: Should we <laughs> have uh, a piece or two of film news and then hit me with the fourth? The fourth, indeed.
1: Yep. Right, so let's talk real quick. Uh, Max Landis, everyone's favourite writer. Oh, yeah? Yeah, everyone's, everyone's, everyone's... He's
0: literally a walking rainbow right now. Have you seen him? Is he? Yeah. What? What's he done? He's got this weird, like... It's a, it's like a half mohawk.
1: Oh, I've not seen this.
0: It's bizarre. He's He's shaved, like, one half of his head and then it flops over... And then it, it's all rainbow coloured. It's it's multicoloured.
1: When your dad's John Landis, you can presumably you can do whatever you please. Well, he's he's adapting uh, Pepe Le Pew for the big screen. Is he? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Last thing I thought,
1: because I, I figure he just gets up in the morning, thinks, "What the? F- I'm Matt Landis. I didn't do I what I want."
0: He's got so many projects on the go, and he's very prolific, and fair play to him for that. Yeah. So he's, uh, he can be quite a, like a dis. A he's decisive. a crap writer, though.
1: Let's be honest.
0: I watched American Ultra. I I agree. Yeah. Bright mm. sounds good though. Bright does sound good. Eh
1: So, um <laughs> speaking of writers, uh yeah. Will Beal who wrote Gangster Squad. Who into <laughs> do you know his backstory, Will Beal?
0: All I know is that he wrote Gangster Squad, so that's all I really want to know.
1: He's a former LAPD detective. Really? He really is.
0: That's rad. That's it is, that's isn't very it? Cool. Can
1: you imagine being the former LAPD that's detective right, yeah. who
0: wrote Gangster Squad? What? <laughs> Yeah, write something better.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yeah, he's uh, he's writing Aquaman. Oh, really? He's doing Aquaman. <laughs> you know? Yeah, worlds what, apart. What I a know. career trajectory.
0: Exactly. Is. Who'd have thunk that one? Yeah, that's like, I was a baker and I work for NASA. Do you know what I mean? That's mad. <laughs> but
1: you know what? It's always surprising what people are, like trained in, what they've done before yeah. and what they do now. There's always loads of cases like that. Like, uh, who was it that the day I found out was a school teacher? Oh, Hugh Grant was... Oh no, it wasn't Hugh Grant? There's
0: a couple of actors that were. Wasn't Hugh Grant? That Who were was it? Teachers There's and, a school teacher. Like, what? Uh, Dara O'Brien was a school teacher. John
1: Ham was a drama teacher. That was it. Yes. John Ham was a drama yeah. teacher. To which you just like, did you just sleep with every student you ever had? Because you could have. You're John Ham. But anyway, um, <laughs> Kristen, uh, Kirsten Dunst making her directorial debut in a way that's only Kirsten Dunst could, with an adaptation of a Sylvia Plath novel. Bring it on. <laughs> You know, I, should, I feel like if I, I feel like if you said to me, "Hey, Kirsten Dunst is uh, making a directorial debut. Guess what she's adapting?" I feel like I immediately would have gone, "I don't know, Sylvia Plath novel," and you'd have gone, "Yeah, I mean, exactly." Yeah. <laughs> it's like it, that whole thing. James Franco's got a brother. What's his name? Dave Franco. Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's exactly that. So yes, the Bell Jar by uh, uh, Sylvia Plath. Yeah, it's going to be made uh, by Kirsten Dunst and starring Dakota Fanning. Ah. So not even L Fanning.
0: Hmm. I, I don't mind either Fanning. To be honest, I struggle to tell them apart.
1: <laughs> what one is? I like them both. One is still casting things. That's L.
0: One was in *Indiana*. The, the other
1: part. ones. Over the, oh that ass, that's that's Oh, was that L um, really? Um, right? The one that's over the hill who used to be good when she was a child. That's Dakota. Oh. Yeah, the one from Uptown Girls is Dakota. Yeah, if you remember Uptown Which one Girls, was that
0: the one with Brittany Murphy? Brittany Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. God, I miss Brittany
1: Murphy. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> so. Enough of my team fantasies. Uh, let's talk then, of course, about the big film this week, beginning with S. And uh, the only important film that's out this week, beginning with S. Sharknado 4, The Fourth Awakens, is five years on from Sharknado 3, oh hell no. Uh, Tara Reid's long gone, uh, because the Twitter campaign hashtag April is hashtag April dies did apparently result in... A bit of a tie, it seems. So the, the, the Shepherd family have moved on. Young Gil is now five years old, having been born at the end of the last one. Um, the world is Sharknado free, thanks to a company called Astro X, who have come up with these astropods that they position around the Earth, and they release these pulses, and they render Sharknadoes inert. Instantly, but during the opening of a new Las Vegas hotel called Shark World, which happens to be owned by the owner of Astro X, Finn, and his cousin Gemini, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not making this up because because the Shepherd family collect attractive female friends and relatives at the rate most of us go through iPhones. So yeah, so Finn and his cousin Gemini are present for a sand shark (laughs) nade. last week because it turns out the Pods aren't configured to disperse any kind of nado other than one made out of water. So enter so a, We get several nados.
0: So you get new nados that are made out of different things. You get like a fire one
1: and... oh, No, no, no. I'll tell you what. Do you know what? I could tell you, but I feel like I'm 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 taking the fun away from you. You are. So why don't we let Gilbert Gottfried do it. The
0: news is not good, folks. We understand that the boulder NATO has now evolved Well, to understand
1: how this is even possible, let's turn once again to our storm chaser, Ron McDonald. Ron? The storm has been rushing through Texas. It hit an oil field, creating an oil NATO. The oil NATO exploded, creating a fire NATO. The fire NATO hit an electrical plant, creating a lightning NATO. Lightning NATO? And it's headed
0: straight for Kansas. How can that four-foot-tall man make that noise? <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> no, I love Gilbert Godfrey Me so too. much. He's, go. He's
1: great. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. So, Sharknado's back. It's even more ridiculous than it's ever been. I, I swear to God, the developments with the Reed character will have you just have your eyes rolling so hard, back- so hard back into the back of your head, you might actually see your brain for a change. <laughs> um, Gary Busey's in there as a rocket scientist,
0: uh, that's all you that's, need
1: to say that's, That kind of tells you what you that's need to it, know yeah. There's cameos from the likes of Jedward Who I'm sure were killed in the third one but they're back anyway uh, Carrot Top uh, Loads of people that You're just like why are you doing this <laughs> Seth Rollins from the WWE Is in it- <laughs> I just can't remember. my head around it. The weird thing is, it's just it's, although it's you can laugh about the film, you won't laugh with the film. Um, there's strangely not that much humour to it. They've gone very much for world building this time. They are very much like we said; they're doing a fifth, sixth, and seventh one of these. You can tell because they're really trying to expand the franchise. There is a prolonged sequence in which they overlap it with uh, the upcoming Two Lava Two Lantula, starring Ooh, crossover. starring Steve Gutenberg. Because, of course, uh, Finn turned up in, in Lava Lantula. Hmm. So the idea is he now has Steve Gutenberg's phone number and can call on him when he needs a car. This
0: is great, Ravenna. MCU-style... Yeah, yeah, the
1: Asylum are doing their shared universe. Lava Lanchula and Sharknado are taking place in the same universe. Wonderful. Despite the fact that they, the first of each takes place in the same city as well. Yeah, which like, is you, you would have strange, seen... Strange, yeah, yeah. but never mind. Um. So, yeah, so, so you've got world building, cinematic universe building as well, and not a whole heap of fun. Of the new cast members, uh, no one really stands out, save for... Oh, do you know, I remembered her name earlier, and it's gone, and she's hilariously awful, it. we're talking, like, softcore porn-level acting, and uh, we are talking about, ah, Marcela Lucia, a Bulgarian actress who plays uh, Gemini Finn, and, uh, well, bear in mind, of course, you know, the last uh, girl in the series was named Nova, so... yeah, yeah. And uh, I did, I did like uh, Marcella Lucia. I, I found her quite enjoyable. Uh, she just wears this pair of completely unnecessary leather pants, and uh, you know the gaping cleavage. And she apparently does not know how to run properly. Um, it's not t- terrifically <laughs> funny. That's the problem. There's That's not. A shame. It's not funny. It's not particularly exciting. They're pushing the limits with the CG to ridiculous levels now. Because the fun was always that they had no real money. These things were put together in six months and the problem is now it's starting to feel a little bit obligatory yeah and it's like
0: oh it's it's the end of july is a sharknado film yeah
1: i mean for a, for a film that deals with sharks it has absolutely no bite anymore and the problem is you feel like it all evaporated with the second one literally yeah. literally the second one <laughs> and uh the, the third one was pushing its luck in terms of in terms of uh you know amusement
0: is that with mark cuban as president
1: Yes I believe yeah. that was This is now I think a step too far I think the franchise If they had any common sense I think they would have Ended it with the third I think the third Was the one where you went It's over The, the bubbles burst Yeah but Which is a shame Because you know yeah, Fair enough
0: but Yeah they cost nothing to make
1: That's it They, they cost nothing to make And they are popular yeah. Because people don't seem To get the irony To the Manning In some cases <laughs> Here it is Your moment of cage
0: Kerrigan must have told me About that thing That killed his men Last night huh Yeah that thing is inside of me. See, you're a bad man! And this thing, the writer, he feeds on bad men and he's hungry. He's hungrier than he's been
1: years, and that's why I'm shaking! Because right now, the only thing standing between you and the rider is me. And he's just... He's... Uh, he's
0: scraping at the door! Scraping at the door! All uh, uh, uh. well, right, if you don't tell me what I want to know, i let him out.
1: And when done with you, there won't be anything left, do you understand?
0: Do you understand? Shake your head yes or no. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Good. Good girl. Where's Kerrigan? him.
1: What's a Kid! The kid
0: can't! You will kill me or I will eat your stinking